What's up, you guys? How you doing? Oh, good. I like it. You guys are peppy. This is good. Me too. This is going to be a good night of church. I'm feeling it. This, uh, this is going to be a, uh, a real night of church tonight. And what I've been praying for all week is um, for conviction for all of us rather than anybody feeling any, any condemnation at all in this place tonight. Because we're going to get a little real tonight, just know, like, man, God is speaking to every single one of us. And what he has to say, every single one of us in this room we really need to hear it tonight, myself included. And, um, you know, the difference between condemnation and conviction is that conviction, man, it's just like this, this, this sweet wooing forward that the Holy Spirit does that says, hey, come on, I want so much more and I have so much better for you because my grace covers all. Now step into the life that I have for you. And so that's what I've been praying for for tonight because tonight we're kicking off a brand new series, as you saw from that dope bumper video that Charlotte Areno made with Connor and our three new, brand new summer interns, Tevin, Neil, and Jackie. Give it up for the summer interns really quick. They are awesome. We already love them. You guys, wherever you are, just know that you're loved. And this series is called Road Trip. No detours, as you can see from that right there. And here's what we mean by that. If you're going to look at like the basic science behind the concept of a road trip, Here's what you're going to come up with. we got a slide already 20 seconds in. If you're a note taker, you're in heaven right now. Do we have the slide? In order to reach, this is genius, a specific destination, you need to what? You need to head in the right direction. In order to reach a specific destination, you need to head in the right direction. If you've got a road trip coming up this June, you're going to want to write that down. Head in the right direction direction to get to where I want to go because there are such things as bad directions out there and there are such things as dumb detours that waste your time and take you to stupid places that you don't want to go and there are such things as as distractions that only serve the purpose of keeping you from getting to the destination that you really want to get to so to get to that destination you need to head in the right direction and I know some of you in here are like okay so to get to a destination I go to it is that what you're saying yes you've got it we all got to be on the same page in order to get to a specific destination, you need to head in the right direction. And here's the thing. That concept is pretty obvious in the world of road trips, in the world of streets and highways and maps. It's not, however, as obvious in, in life. Even though the concept is the same, what makes perfect sense out on the highways does not make as much sense and is not as obvious in marriage. What makes perfect sense out on the roads and on maps is not as obvious in life or in your spiritual walk, your spiritual growth, or even in, in things like finances or relationships or your, your faith journey. It's not as obvious, even though, hear me, the concept is exactly the same because we all know as Christians, that means that we, we follow Christ, right? From the moment that we get saved, from the moment that salvation takes place, that's not just Jesus's... What, it's not just what he asks of us, it, what, it's what he commands of us to follow him. As followers of Christ, we follow Christ, right? That's what, that's what we do, and that's what Jesus asks. And we follow him in a specific direction towards a specific destination. And in this lifetime, not just after you die, but in this lifetime, that destination he's taking us towards is, is life to the full. And things like knowing the fruit of the Spirit more, things like knowing joy and knowing peace and kindness and patience and vitality and developing a stronger and better character and becoming bigger on the inside and changing the world side by side with your Savior and walking hand in hand in an intimate relationship with the one who created you. That's the destination we're talking about. It's a journey that you are up for 
in the direction of a destination that you were made for. I'll say that again. It's a journey that you're up for in the direction of a destination that you were made for. Like that Mumford and Sons song, You Were Made to Meet Your Maker. You know that line? That's an awesome line. I love that song. And I completely agree with it, but I'd even take it a step further. Not only are you made to meet your maker, but you are made to walk in step with him on a journey in a specific direction, on a specific course, towards a specific destination in your life. And if we're just being honest, easier said than done. All right, if you're going to be in here and say, yeah, oh, it's easy to follow Jesus, you're lying because it's not. But it is our calling to follow Jesus this way in a world that is heading this way. It might be the hardest thing any of us undertake in our time on this planet, but nonetheless, it is our calling. It is what he commands of us. Not perfectly. I hope that you know that. The intention is never for you to follow Jesus perfectly because you won't, because it's impossible. So not perfectly, but fully. To follow Jesus fully. You understand biblically there's no such thing as a Christian who's just kind of 50% of the way in or 10% of the way in or even 90% of the way in to think that you're going to give your leftovers to the one who calls himself the alpha and the omega just doesn't really make sense to think at the end of the day like yeah god you can have whatever's left of my time and my energy and my resources and my and my effort to offer the the one who calls himself the beginning and the end your leftovers just doesn't make sense if we're talking biblical christianity here and and since that is such a hard thing to do to follow jesus this way when the world is going this way sorry camera people that I'm running around a lot is not easy and so we thought we'd just have some fun and simplify it with the concept of a road trip because it's now June and who doesn't love a good old-fashioned road trip in the summer am I right any road trips coming up here anybody they have a special place in my heart um, but anyways I wanted to explain something to you using this clip so just enjoy this clip here you go same thing. That John Denver's full of man. Come on! Stop being a baby! So we backtracked a tad! A tad! A tad, Lloyd! You drove almost a sixth of the way across the country in the wrong direction! Now we don't have enough money to get to Aspen, we don't have enough money to get home, we don't have enough money to eat, we don't have enough money to sleep! Well, it's not gonna do us any good to sit here whining about it. We're in a hole! We're just gonna have to dig ourselves out! Okay, all right, you're right. You're absolutely right, Wood. Where are you going? Home! I'm walking home! 
Well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect! I guess I forgot that you never ever make a mistake! Give it up for that movie, huh? Sorry, it was low quality, and I think the audio didn't match the video. That was my fault. I had to edit it to take out the, uh, the S word, and I guess I didn't line it up right, so my bad. But you get the point. We have a destination in life. We have directions in life, and, uh, and God gives us those directions in his word. But then we also, have, we also have distractions, and we also have bad directions that can take us farther than we ever wanted to be away from the place that we wanted to go. And sometimes in life, we don't even realize it until we've traveled a sixth of the way across the country in the wrong direction. I'm going to use a, a metaphor that, that I hear Sean use all the time. But imagine that you have a big road trip coming up in like two weeks, a big friendcation, right? And you you want to go to the Pacific Ocean. You want to go to California, to Laguna, to boogie board, right? Because boogie boarding is awesome. And you have every intention of getting there. Your dream is to get there. Your hope for your future is to get to California, right? And so you load up the car with boogie boards and sunscreen and buckets to make sandcastles and wheat thins because how awesome are wheat thins? Like, if you don't like wheat thins, there's something wrong. And it's not the wheat thins. It's you. Wheat thins are awesome. And you have every intention of getting there. You believe with all your heart, man, we're going to California, and you and your friends load up in the car, and you hop on I-70, and you head east. You're not, you're not going to get there. No matter how much you believe, no matter how good your intentions are that you're going to get to California, your path determines where you're going because your path trumps your directions every single time. I heard Andy Stanley say that it's your direction, not your intention, that determines your destination in your life. And so every direction has a destination, and every road that you choose in your life is going to lead you somewhere. Every decision that you make determines the path that you take, and every path is taking you somewhere. And that's why the Bible speaks so often, especially in the book of Proverbs, about choosing our paths carefully. Look at what Solomon says in Proverbs 4, 25 through 26. He says this, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Here it is. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. And so here's King Solomon, the wisest guy who ever walked the face of this planet besides Jesus himself. And he's saying, hey, give careful thought to the paths of your feet. Be really, really careful because every day our feet, our feet are taking us in a specific destination whether we know it or not. And our culture right now is really quick to just say, oh, you know what? Everybody's on their own journey, on their own path, trying to figure stuff out. And I would agree with that 100%. But just because that's true, it doesn't mean that certain paths don't lead to stupid places. It's true. Some paths just lead to places that are dumb. Every path has a destination. And not a lot of people are too thrilled with the destinations that they've been arriving at. We choose paths that sometimes make us just feel right in the moment. Like with everything inside of us, man, we just believe like, oh, this feels so right. And we make decisions on what paths we're going to take based off of the immediate without giving thought to the ultimate. Well, it seems right right here and right now and this week, so I'm going to do this because it feels right. But did you know the Bible actually says there's a way that seems right to us, but in the end, it leads to places that we never wanted to go in the first place. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, 
it leads to death. So give careful thought to the paths that you take, the paths that you choose every single day because there is a way, man, and it feels right. And in the moment, it seems like the right path to go down, but in the end, it leads to death, which means that just because you desire something, it doesn't always mean that that thing you desire is a good thing. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it lines up biblically with the heart of God, but don't make the mistake of thinking that something is good or something is right or a path is correct just because in here it just maybe feels like it does because here's the deal. And I know, man, we live in a fallen world where bad things happen and things, you know, don't go, to, don't go according to plan a lot of the time. Um, but, but, but what about this? What if, even if that's true, what if the destinations that we end up in have more to do with the directions and paths that we choose rather than the directions and paths that the world chooses for us or the hand that the world deals us? And I know the world throws curveballs. Things are rarely fair. And, and I get that. I promise you. And I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but I mean, I felt all week that God, you know, he was just leading me to say this, man, if you, if you kind of develop that victim mentality, that is a path that you are choosing to travel down that leads to you developing a wounded spirit where you can help nobody, including yourself. It's a destination that you end up in because of a path you chose to walk down where your spirit is now wounded and the world's out to get you and bad things just happen to you. If something goes right, well, that's the exception. It's not the rule. And that is not a destination that Jesus has for you, no matter what kind of cards you've been dealt. No matter, and here, like here, I'm just gonna say this. Like you may have been really wronged by somebody who loves you. Like they may have been brutally unfair to you and wronged you and that is on them. That is 100% on them. But your response from that point on, from this point on, and the paths that you choose from this point on is now on you. That's now on you. That's on them. You couldn't control that, but now this is on you. So what if we took ownership to the paths that we choose? Because Solomon, he's kind of given us ownership. He says, hey, these are your directions. Be careful about the paths that you choose because those paths lead to specific destinations and that is where you are going to end up. And there are such things in life as bad directions and you don't have to follow them. And there are such things as horrible, stupid decisions and you don't have to make them. Your parents, maybe they made them. You don't have to. Your dad, maybe he went down this path and you saw the destruction that came from it. And his dad before him, maybe he went down that path too. Okay, you now see that leads to destruction. You don't have to go down that path. These paths choices are our decisions and Solomon is giving the ownership to us and that's what we're talking about this series we're talking man how do I follow Jesus like if we're going in a specific direction where he's going towards a specific destination that he's going to then how man do I follow him because there's other sources in your life of very very convincing directions that sound good but in the end deceive you so how do you follow Jesus with all of that going on and how do you recognize those other sources for what they are which is deceiving and tonight all I want to do for the next 20 minutes is I just want to to talk about a specific source of very convincing yet oftentimes deceiving directions. And you might not, you might not like what I'm gonna say, but it's your, it's your heart. A source of oftentimes very convincing yet very deceiving directions. And so if you're gonna write one thing down tonight, just make it this, and I titled the message this. Follow Jesus, comma, gotta have the grammar, not your heart. Follow Jesus, not your heart. 
The word, so let's just, what do we mean when we say heart, biblically? The word heart is used over 300 times throughout the Bible. And it's a weighty, weighty word that holds a lot of meaning to it. Like the New Testament Greek word for heart is the word cardia. And um, it basically is this idea of an entire, like your inner aspect, the inner aspect of a human being. So your emotions, your intentions, your feelings, your will, your mental process, like the spiritual part of where your emotions and your desires dwell is what the Bible is referring to when it says your heart. And you and I have a heart because we're created in God's image. Remember the memory verse from Sunday school? David, King David was a man after God's own what? Heart, right? So God God has a heart, and we're made in his image. And the original design was for us to have hearts that followed in step and in tune with God's heart. But because of Genesis chapter 3 and because of the fall, our hearts are now fallen. And biblically, our hearts on their own can't be trusted. Our hearts on their own cannot be trusted, and that immediately flies in the face of culture because some of the most popular advice ever given is, hey, follow your heart. I've gotten that advice so many times. You probably have too. Just follow your heart. Your heart will let you know. I've given that advice so many times. Yeah, just follow your heart. If you follow your heart, man, everything's going to work itself out. But but look what Jesus says. This is Jesus Christ, okay? Mark chapter 7, 20 through 23. Jesus went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. So those sexually immoral thoughts or desires or actions come from the beating heart right in here, your beating heart right inside of your chest. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slavery, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside. They come from your heart and they defile the person. So evil comes from within, yet when we're kind of at crossroads seasons of our lives, excuse me, and we're trying to make big decisions, like the first thing we do oftentimes is just we look inward. But the Bible says that, man, the heart can be deceitful among all things. Jeremiah 17 verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. And just when you think that maybe you could fix it, it's beyond cure. The heart, man, who can understand it? Who can understand it? And I vividly remember eighth grade, health class, sex education week. You probably have vivid memories of that as well. But my buddy Colin raised his hand, asked our teacher, and said, how will I know? Because this sounds awesome, this sex thing. So how will I know when I'm ready to have sex? And I I remember this. I swear, she said, you'll know in your heart. Just follow your heart. Which sounds good, but the problem with that is every 13-year-old boy in that class, myself included, took a quick inward look and did a scan of our hearts and immediately concluded, I'm ready. That sounds awesome. And I'm ready. I looked inside, and according to my heart, man, I am ready for that. Following your heart might be the dumbest advice that has ever been given. And I heard a pastor say this once, and, and uh, to explain it, to make this point, I know this is extreme, but we're going to start extreme, and then we're going to dial it back and make it a bit more realistic. Hitler followed his heart. He did. Hitler, with everything inside of him, a.k.a. his heart, his cardia, which is probably where we get cardio, cardio, just made sense. I just figured that out. I'm, now I'm laughing while I'm talking about 
one of the worst dictators who's ever walked on this planet. Hitler followed his heart. He believed with everything inside of him that his mission to wipe out an entire people group was not only necessary, but it was right and beautiful and had to be done. And he followed his heart the entire way. And so did the terrorists from 9-11. They followed their hearts straight into those buildings to the very end. And now to dial it back a little bit, every spring that comes around, March Madness season comes around and I fill out a bracket. And every single time I follow my heart and I have the universe city of Colorado going all the way to the finals and winning and every single time it fails me because I follow my heart but I refuse to not follow my heart when it comes to college basketball I will do it every single time I have friends I know people who have bought homes that they probably should not have bought because they could not afford it because it felt right in their heart and it probably they probably got that advice you know follow your heart everything's going to work out and now they found themselves in destinations and situations that they never wanted to be in and never intended to get to because they chose a specific path and that path led to that specific destination casinos make a lot of money because people follow their hearts people come in and instead of going by math or by the book people make bets based off of what they feel in their heart and it works out really well for 10% of the people who go and which is why people keep coming back and for the other 90% you go home sad and poor and the casinos are rich because they understand this concept flawlessly they understand this to get a little bit more serious when I was in high school my buddy his mom followed her heart straight out of her marriage and into a relationship with another man and it wasn't her intention but in doing so she fractured her family and wounded the hearts of her kids in a deeper way than she probably than she probably knows and then a few years later she followed her heart out of that new marriage that just a few months before she had followed her heart into I was reading an article um, just a few days ago about this guy he's a 52 year old man and 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 he was and he's transgender and he believed in his heart that he was female but not just a female 52 year old man and he believed and I feel for this like he believes that he was a, that he's a six-year-old girl and don't don't laugh at that like that's what he believed and the world would probably say hey you know you're like, follow your heart be who you are the problem is he left his family to do that his wife and his four daughters and when he followed his heart he stomped on the five hearts that he was supposed to love and protect because he followed his heart i heard scott nickel say man how much damage do you think has been done on this planet because people follow their hearts how many men and women follow their hearts into marriages they should never have gotten into and how many of them follow their hearts out of marriages just because those marriages are difficult how many of us have regrets because we followed our hearts into a sexual relationship before we were married I have those regrets okay and I know grace is bigger than that like hopefully you know that too we pray we, we preach grace all the time in here and if you don't know that you cannot out sin the grace of God the grace of God is bigger than anything and covers everything but there's still consequences and for me from that decision you know who had to deal with the majority of those consequences my wife she paid the price because I followed my heart and I think sex might be like the easiest example of this because it's very relevant to Christians who are in their 20s, which is all of us in this room. Like Jesus tells us that sex is a good and awesome, like really awesome gift from God to us to bring two people together. But because of how unbelievably powerful it is at connecting two people spiritually, he says it's for the confines of marriage. It's for marriage. And by saying that, man, you got to hear this just in case you've never heard this, like... 
That's not God just dangling this temptation and then pulling it away like the cosmic killjoy in the sky or the ultimate party pooper who, who is trying to rob fun and exhilaration of sex from you. That's not, if that's what you're thinking, you've got this completely backwards. It's his gift to us to be enjoyed at its max, which is how he designed it to be enjoyed. And I think he knows what he's talking about. He's the creator, not just of that, but of everything. He's trying to line us up with how he designed the universe to work and, and simultaneously protect us from a lot of pain and a lot of hardship. And if you've made similar mistakes to me, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. And when, let me say this. When you're in love or when you, when you start to have feelings for like a guy or a girl, I promise you, even before you're married, your heart every single time is going to give you the green light. The heart, your heart will think that this is what it wants. Your heart is deceived, and it thinks that this is what it wants, and it'll say things to you like, you know, it'll be fun. It's going to add passion to your relationship. It's going to make him love you. It's going to make her like you or love you even more, but it's deceiving you every single time. And so many Christian 20-somethings find themselves in a place of brokenness and regret because of those paths that they walk down wondering, man, how did I get here? Like, what decisions did I make that landed me here? You chose a specific path, and it led to this specific destination, listening to the deceitful deceitful wooing of your heart, which thought it wanted something that it actually doesn't want. It's like you're trying to get to the Pacific Ocean, and your heart got you to go east on I-70. When it comes to sex, I promise you, your heart is always going to tell you yes, and your intentions are probably awesome. Like your hopes for having sex with somebody before you're married are probably like, man, this is going to bring us closer. Like my dreams, my intentions, my hopes for this are so pure and are so right and are so awesome, and I would agree with you on that, but the decisions you make and the paths that you take will trump those things like intentions every single time. Your intentions do not determine your destination. Your paths do. Your hope and dream is to go to California. Your path is east on I-70. Your path will win over your intentions every single time, and nobody is the exception to that. We all think that, oh, but this is going to work. Nobody is the exception to this rule. But here's the beautiful thing. With all that said, here's the beautiful thing about Jesus, all right? We knew we were getting to Jesus, and here's the beautiful thing that he does. He takes the concept of your heart, which something like the Old Testament would call deceitful above all things, and he makes it something beautiful. And if we look, even at the Old Testament, um, there's a prophet, Ezekiel, and he's a major prophet of the Old Testament. And hundreds of years before Jesus even came on the scene, he started making these prophecies about God, about what God was going to accomplish on this planet for us through Jesus. Because Jesus on the cross accomplished way more than just than just forgiving us of all of our sins. Like, that is awesome, but it doesn't stop there. He, he, he accomplished something that Bible, Bible scholars, really smart people, would call double imputation. And in case you don't know what that is, basically what it is is him taking all of our sin, all of our shortcomings, all of the bad decisions we've ever made, all like our bad and busted record. He, we impute that to him, and in turn, he imputes to us his perfection, which is why when God looks at you after, you, after you've been saved, he He no longer sees your shortcomings, but he sees the perfection of his son, Jesus Christ. That is double imputation. But along with his record, his perfect record, Jesus imputes to us a brand new heart. He imputes to us a brand new heart, which is now his access point 
in order to reach us. Look at Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I will give them, this is God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel hundreds of years before Jesus even was born. I will give them an undivided heart through Jesus one day when he's born and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So your heart is looking to find satisfaction in something. Like we can all unanimously agree with that. Like our hearts try to find satisfaction in just about anything, but an undivided heart that now you've been given can find satisfaction in Christ alone and no longer needs to go on hopelessly searching for it in other things. That's the, like he gives you a new undivided heart. Look what Ezekiel says just a few chapters later. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so God gives us a new heart. And if you've been saved and salvation has taken place in your life, your heart is now new. But anybody who's been saved for more than 10 seconds knows that doesn't mean you no longer sin. Any of us who have been saved for that long know that. You can get a new heart, but that doesn't mean that you no longer, that you don't think the thoughts you shouldn't think or you don't, you don't want the things you shouldn't want or do the things that you shouldn't do. Your heart is new. Your heart is brand new, but God is still in the process of redeeming it and restoring it, which is why David in Psalm 51, I think, he prayed like, God, God, Create in, within me like a new heart, oh God. I want a new heart, God. You've given me one, now continue to redeem it. Continue to restore it. Continue to restore it, God. And, and so what that means is God is restoring and redeeming our hearts, but that doesn't mean that we, can, that we can now trust our hearts because they're still in the process of being redeemed. So you don't trust your heart. You trust the one who has given you a new heart. You don't trust your heart. You trust the one that your new heart ha now has access to. You do not follow your heart. You now catch this. You do not follow your heart. You now lead your heart to the one who has the directions and follow him to the destination. You do not follow your heart as a Christian. Now you lead it. You lead your heart to the one who knows what he's talking about, to the one who sees all because he created all. You lead your heart to the one who actually has the directions and you follow him to the destination, which is why now Solomon, you've probably heard this verse. I love this verse. And Ben, you guys can go ahead and get back out here. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, he says this, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. More than anything you do, above all else, because your heart is now the wellspring of life. Your heart is now the source. Like anything that is made that manifests itself in your life now comes from the source. It comes from your heart. Kind of like, you know, a river has a source. It's a body of water that feeds water to the rest of the river. Just like that, your heart is now the wellspring of life. It's the source. So if you find, if you find nasty stuff in your life floating downstream, that's because you have a source problem because everything flows from the source. You have a heart problem. So above all else, more than anything that you do, man, guard your heart, protect your heart, protect your source, and do not follow it, but rather lead it to the one who knows the beginning from the end, and above all else, guard your heart, for it is the source and the wellspring of life. And so just to bring this all full circle, like the destinations, since we're talking paths and road trips and destinations, the destinations that Jesus has for you, not, not once, you're, once you're gone from this planet, 
But in this lifetime, the destinations that Jesus has for you are just better than any of the destinations that you would wind up in if you let your heart lead you. I promise you, they're just, they're just better. He's the one who designed it, trying to line us up with how everything was designed to work, and he just knows. And his destinations, they're just better than where our hearts are going to lead us. So live by what is true, not by what you feel. Don't live by your emotions. No, you don't understand your emotions. Nobody understands their own emotions. You could be sad tonight, wake up tomorrow morning, just all of a sudden pumped on life, and you have no idea why. You could be happy tonight, wake up tomorrow morning sad until 10 and then you're happy and then 12 you're sad again and you like nobody understands their emotions so do not live by what you feel do not live by your emotions live by what you know is true live by him because your emotions you're like in line yourself up with the directions that God gives us in his word in the scripture which is why it's so important to be in the bible because your feelings and what the what the bible says actually might line up with each other i'm not saying they won't i'm just saying if if your feelings are saying one thing and you just really, you just know that it's this thing, but the Bible is saying something else. One of those two things is wrong, and I'll give you a hint, it's not the word of God. So compare your feelings, line it up with the word of God. Follow Jesus and let him lead your heart. Lead your heart to him rather than letting it lead you. Lead your heart to him and follow him. And this is such a, like a practical message. I, like, I don't know why, I, like, I don't even think this practically in my own life, let alone in writing a message. But man, this has just been so strongly on my heart over the past few weeks. And, and maybe, maybe it's because like wisdom is such like a core piece of the Bible and Christianity. Like we have a whole section in the middle of the Bible called wisdom literature to help us with being careful about the paths that we choose because we're all in our 20s and the paths that we choose and the decisions that we make while we're in our 20s are going to affect us years and decades down the road. The paths that we choose now, man, they have implications that are gonna affect the rest of our lives and um, and oftentimes, like, especially when we're in our 20s and we just, like, we lack the life experience and we just don't know. And oftentimes we don't even see it until we've driven a sixth of the way across the country in the wrong direction. And we realize, oh, I wish I saw some kind of sign. I wish somebody would have told me that that was not just an immediate path, but that led to something ultimate. And now I'm in a place that I don't want to be. I don't know about you. I don't want to be the 45-year-old guy who wakes up one morning and realizes that I'm in a marriage destination that I never wanted to be in because of a path that I chose decades ago. I don't want to be the guy who wakes up and realizes that, man, I'm in an emotional destination or a health destination or a financial destination that I don't want to be in because of a stupid path that I followed straight to this place. I don't want to be the guy who wakes up and is like, man, I thought by now I'd be closer to my creator. But I guess because of my path, my intentions were good, but I guess because of my path, man, this is, this is where I am. And I don't want that for any of us and myself. And so I'm like done and I'm just gonna leave us with two things, okay? One is just a very specific and simple question to take with us, and the other is a very simple prayer to take with you as well. And these aren't gonna be up on the screens, but if you have a journal, write these down. If you have a phone, take notes somewhere in your phone, write these down somewhere. But the question is this, since as Andy Stanley would say, or more importantly, Solomon would say, or more importantly than Solomon, Jesus would say, that it is your direction, not your intention, that determines your destinations in your life. And so, what paths are you on right now? What paths are you on right now? 
because your dreams are so important. Your intentions and your hope for your future is so important and that's, that's more than likely that's God given and you want it so badly because he created it to, he created you to want those dreams that he's given you that badly and that's so important but that's not for tonight. That's not for tonight. This is, this is so practical. What paths are you on? Because your path and your direction is going to trump your intentions and your dream every single time. Your intentions and your dream for your future could be, man, you know, one day I just want such a thriving, passionate marriage where I truly do get to spend every single day with my best friend and we just learn to love each other more and more every single year and the sex is awesome and frequent, right? Like that's what I want, which is a great dream and a great intention. And I want kids, man, that I love. I wanna be the kind of dad that I've always dreamt of being, the kind of mom that I've always dreamt of being. And no matter what we face as a family, whether, whether it's a bright day or it's a dark day, we're gonna take it as a family head on and we're gonna love each other through it. Man, that's the kind of family that I wanna build and that I want, and that's an awesome dream. But if your path right now is, I'll just sleep around a little bit longer. Uh, maybe tonight I'll just, I'll just watch porn again. I'm not hurting anybody. Your path trumps that dream every single time and your path is what you choose now. Maybe your dream is, man, like, man, one day I just wanna know the creator. Like, I wanna know, I don't, want, I don't just wanna be like a good going, a good church going Christian. Like, I want this passionate relationship with Jesus Christ where irregular and crazy things happen in my life on a regular basis. Like, I wanna experience that, but your path, like, that's your intention, but your path is, well, yeah, I read the Bible, like, I don't know, once a week, and I guess I pray when I need something. Your path trumps that intention and that dream every single time. And you can fill in the blank with anything about life, about your road trip, about your spiritual walk with Jesus. I wanna find myself in an awesome marriage destination 50 years from now. Like we were at a wedding, my wife and I were at a few weddings over the past week and they always do that dance where they bring, um, they bring married couples out on the dance floor. And if you've been married like two years, like I have, you know, like they're gonna call us out within like the first 30 seconds. They're like, if you've been married longer than five hours, stay on the dance floor. And the bride and groom have to immediately get off. And then if you've been married longer than a year and they go all the way up and there's always like that 55, year into marriage couple or 62 years into marriage couple that just loves each other so much and is the last couple on that dance floor, that is what I want. And let me tell you, that is a destination that has a specific path that leads to that destination. And if I pick a path that doesn't head that direction, no matter how much I dream or want that, I'm not getting there because your path trumps your destiny, your, your path trumps your intentions and your dreams every single time. So what path are you on? What paths, plural, are you on? And what needs to be changed? It's an easy question to take with you and think about. With no condemnation, but purely conviction from the Holy Spirit and Jesus saying, hey, I got some destinations that we need to check out together. So let's figure out this path thing now, not 20 years from now. And then the last one is just this simple prayer right here. God. Help me get where you want me to go. Those destinations, God, that you, like those dreams you've placed on my heart for, like help me get, God, where you want me to go. 
Because here's a cool thing that maybe you haven't thought of. God wants to get you where you want to go even more than you want to get you where you want to go. And that's saying something. That is cool. God wants to get you where you want to go even more than you want to get you where you want to go. So ask him, God, help me get where you want me to go. And oftentimes, like, especially following Jesus, we know that that's not easy in a world that's, that's choosing a lot of different paths and a lot of different detours in a world full of people who are getting stuck in different dead ends that are not working. That's not hard, to, that's not easy, excuse me, to stay the course. So God, help me to stay the course. Help me, God. Get me where you want me to go because, God, I want those destinations. Also, God, get me to where you want me to go. Help me stay the course. Show me that that is a very convincing direction, but that it's wrong, that that's a very convincing direction, but it's wrong, and give me the strength to, to say no to those temptations and stay the course. God, get me to where you want me to go. Like Joseph, at the end of Genesis, God gave him a vision and a dream, and it wasn't for like 14 or 15 years until that dream came to pass. And that path that he was on the entire time took him there. And it was not an easy path, but, but it was hand in hand with his creator the entire time. Where he saw God do irregular things in his life on a regular basis the entire time, even though it was the path less traveled by. David would say the exact same thing. David got this vision and an anointing that he was going to be the king of Israel and then he left on a path, on a journey, the road less traveled by, and it was 17 to 20 years, somewhere in there until that actually happened. But he would tell you exactly what Joseph said. Saw crazy things happen in my life, irregular things happen to me on a regular basis because I just did my best, not perfectly, but I did it fully. I did my best to walk hand in hand with my creator down this path, this specific direction that he had for me towards a bunch of specific destinations that he planned for me since before I was even in my mother's womb and he knew those destinations. And I saw the whole thing with him as my road trip guide. We saw all the good stops and it was a journey I was up for in the direction of a destination that I was created for to meet my maker but beyond that to walk hand in hand on this journey, this specific course, this specific path, pass, path, sorry, the specific destination towards a specific direction that he had for me. And so God, help me to get to where you want me to go. And God, what are the paths that I'm on right now? Because no matter what my dreams or my intentions are, my paths are going to determine the destinations that I find myself in this lifetime. And Jesus has some awesome destinations for you. I promise that Christianity is not easy. We live in a fallen and broken world. The message of Christianity is not that everything becomes better, but man, you get him and he is enough no matter what happens. And you get him and you get all these, you get, you get him, you get him. You know your creator. And I promise you every single story in the Bible of guys like Joseph or guys like David or guys like Peter or guys like Paul who gave it all to not perfectly follow him, but to fully follow him would tell you the exact same thing. Man, it was worth it. That's why they beg us even from beyond the grave through scriptures to follow them like there are a great cloud of witnesses to follow them and run our race as well down this path because it's not easy, but it's worth it. God, help me to get to where you want me to go. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I pray for my, my friends in here, God. I pray for my friends and I pray for myself, God, that you would help show each and every one of us what the paths that we are walking are right now are, God. And God, I pray, I pray that you would reveal things that need to be changed. 
I pray that you would make it just so abundantly clear that it's not our dreams or our intentions. Those things are needed. Those things are necessary and good. But God, it's our decisions. And maybe we come from a family that's made bad decisions. Maybe we know a lot of friends who take bad paths. But we don't have to. And God, I know that somebody who's on a bad path can't, somebody else, can't help somebody else who's on a bad path, God. It's those of us who, who choose to stay the course and choose what's harder, who choose to stay the path that can help others do the exact same thing. And so I pray that you would give us the strength to do that. And I pray, God, that you would help us to get where it is that you want us to go. Give, give everybody in this room just such a clear vision of some of the incredible destinations that you have laid out for them in their lifetime, God, that you've had planned for them since before the, the world was even created. Show us what those things are and give us the courage and the strength and the motivation to choose the right paths and head in the right direction and lead our hearts to you. Lead our hearts to the one who is the beginning and the end, the one who knows all because he can see all because he created all. Help us to lead our hearts to you, the one who has the direction, so we can follow you to those destinations. God, we love you so much, and we give you this time of worship. God, these songs are for you and for your glory, and it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.